Hi, I'm Mark Maddox, and you're listening to Talking Blues. I am a member of the New Blue Band and also a manager in booking uh, the talent here at Buddy Guys Legends. So, Mark, you were born in Chicago? Yes. Um, blues came to you early in life? No, actually, uh, I was into things like uh, Led Zeppelin, Boston, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I knew about the blues, but hey, everybody wants to be Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page, but the <laughs> underlying thing is, they were all about the blues. Yeah, so when you were growing up, blues was not in your life at all? No. Um, and then when you heard Zeppelin and they played the blues, did you make any connection to that at all? Uh, just a small connection, uh, but still not really fully realizing that so much of what they were doing was coming from the blues. So it's easy to grow up in Chicago and not really know the significance of the city and how what yeah, a place. At, at the, right at my time, right. maybe ten years before me, maybe not because the the city was entrenched in the blues and 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 soul music, but then you start gravitating more toward, uh, you know, things like. Uh, R&B, some of the bands like Earth, Wind & Fire, Isley Brothers. And then I went to a Catholic school, and we were all rockers. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, you're all rockers. So how did music come into your life? Um, I I recall I was trying to make the basketball team at Hales and (laughs) didn't make the basketball team. So I had some other friends, they're all trying to learn how to play music. And interesting enough, one of my best friends, his name is Mark Stevens. He is uh, the brother of Shaka Khan. Wow. And so he was learning to play the bass, and we'd get together after school at his house and trade licks. And, and I said, well, I might as well play the guitar because these guys are playing the bass. And, uh, and you know, he was telling everyone, well, my sister's Shaka Khan. They was like, we don't believe that, <laughs> you know. And uh, I said, well, man, I believe you. You know, I said, if you say she's got to be somebody's sister, right? Right. If you say she's your sister, that's fine. So one day, big old black limousine pulls up in front of his house. And guess who walks out the car? Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan, his sister. Wow. Yeah. And so, uh, and he was very talented, too. Played bass, sing. In fact, he sung with Whitney Houston, uh, Luther Vandross. So that's kind of where it all started. Uh, kind of. I always had an interest, little few guitars hanging around the house. Right. But that's when I really just got into it and really, really started practicing. And so we were talking, practicing Jimmy Page licks? Jimmy Page, uh, uh, things like um, uh, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Grand Funk Railroad. No, so, uh, so you're a rocker. Yeah, yeah, a real rocker, man. <laughs> Thin Lizzy. <laughs> One of my first concerts, I saw Thin Lizzy. I was wow. like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, rocker, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, was going into music ever an option? Uh, thought about it, but uh, didn't think about uh, being in it like I am now. Right. So, uh, wanted to, but. Uh, you know, just looked at other things that I thought were more practical. Pretty smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that more practical meant law enforcement. That meant law enforcement. But I actually started off working in the insurance industry, processing health claims, processing uh, death claims, learning about contestability, all this type of uh, uh, 
lingo that's associated with insurance. Right. And um, uh, and all the time doing music, you know, having bands, but you got to pay bills. Right. And so um, one day I had a buddy. He said to me, hey, man, you ought to go down there and get a job at the sheriff's department. I said, why the heck would I want to do that? He says, well, it might work better with your music because you don't have to deal with, you know, insurance is an office environment. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so you might leave work Friday, come back to it Monday with the sheriff's department. It's like, hey, you show up at work, do your job and go home. Done. Over with. Right. And so I said, well, okay, I'll go in and put the application, never thinking that they would call, you know. And, and in fact, I even showed up late for the application. And I showed up, and the lady said, well, it's over with. She says, but I'll give you one of them. And I said, okay, thank you. So how, how does one qualify to be in law enforcement? Well, it is a uh, uh, very involved process. First, got to put the application in. Right. And... Uh, once you do that, there's a testing process that you go through. So you do that, and then they gather a book on you that thick. They want to know everything about you and your friends, and right. obviously you can't be a criminal, right. <laughs> you know. And so they go through this whole big process of seeing if you're eligible, and then once they do that, once you're selected, then you have to go through what they call an academy. And uh, the state of Illinois gets involved, and and it's just this all this stuff where you have to learn how to be a law enforcement officer. Because remember, they give you the badge and a gun. Yeah, well, it's, you it know. makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And so uh, I never thought that would occur. And one day they called and they said, "Hey, uh, I took the test." And then they called and said, "You got to report." I said, "Report for what?" <laughs> you got to report to the academy. I was like, no, are you serious? And yeah, and so th- there was my thing into law enforcement. So when you report, when they say you're reporting to the academy, you're not paying for it. They're paying for it. They're this. paying for it, right. And, and what right. kind of a time frame are we looking at? Uh, usually about um, the academy itself is a... Uh, a few months, uh, but before you're a full-fledged officer, it might be about a year and a half. So different departments have different things that they may do uh, because you have, to, of course, you have to take the test. You have to learn how to shoot a gun. You have to learn how to use defensive tactics. You have to learn uh, uh, things like how to save a life. You know, um, uh, all these important, all things. these no, all these important things. And so there, there's a whole big process that you go through. And so, uh, and it's very involved. And so, um, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's work. It's, it's real work. But I, so you, you didn't think you were going to get in. No. <laughs> then you no. get in. I didn't and get what in. are you thinking? I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty cool. I, I got a badge and a gun and, <laughs> and I'm a bad dude. <laughs> you know? And and one day I, uh, I was, I was driving and remember I'm new at this, so I don't know how any of this really goes. So I get pulled over by the police. And uh, I show him the badge. He said, hey, man, you're good. You can go. I was like, it really works like that? So, do, you, <laughs> do you know why you were pulled over? I had made a, a legal right turn. Oh, okay. So yeah, deservingly. Yeah. Deservingly. Oh, no, I deserve to get pulled over. There's no question about it. But unbeknownst to me, uh, when you're in law enforcement, there's certain favors that are done for yeah, you. Yeah. So he pulls me over, and I'm like, oh, God, this is embarrassing. So he, I'm getting my ID out. But I have my badge right there. He says, hey, man, you're an officer. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> he says, have a good day, sir. Go ahead. Okay, so coming from outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. Chicago has a certain reputation. Yes. 
I don't yeah. know how long it's been like that yes. in terms of um, violence and crime mm-hmm. and whatever. Right. So when you got into law enforcement, mm-hmm. was it bad? And, and yes. was that a, yes. an issue? Like, were you not afraid of that? No, I, actually, I wasn't afraid. Ironically enough, I was so excited to be part of it. And I really felt that I'm able to do some good. Right. You know, and so... Uh, uh, perhaps just being young, you don't really think much about it, but fear never entered my mind. You know? And and did you see, because it's hard for me to kind of understand, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm staying in a hotel in Michigan Avenue, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing any of this right. criminal right. activity or whatever. Right. Um, and it's a beautiful city and whatever. Exactly. Did, when you were growing up, did you see that crime? Was that part of your neighborhood or part of well, your... Well, I grew up in Inglewood, and Inglewood has been historically known for high crime levels. Okay. And so I saw a lot of it, but uh, my family kept me inside. So, you know, they were like, yeah, it's not good out there. So there's no point of you going. Or if you're going to go someplace, we'll take you. So I was never really truly exposed to it in a way other people may have been exposed. Even though it was all around me, I was inside. And, and, and of course, so much is different nowadays because there were certain things that were just kind of off limits. You didn't shoot into a car. You didn't shoot into anybody's house. So if you weren't part of what they were doing, then you just weren't part of it. Right. So, um, so when you got into it, did did it horrify you what you saw, or um, <laughs> just because the reality is quite different? Yeah, the reality is quite different, and so um, the um, uh, the first day, I was like, "What did I get myself into?" Sorry, that quickly? Yeah, that quickly. I was like, "Okay, what is this?" Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, uh, but after a couple of weeks, I became more acclimated to it. And then, um, and when you're in that world, everybody gets pumped up what they're going to do and stuff like that. So uh, I, I became quite comfortable. And then I knew the importance of uh, what the job meant, you know. And there, and I got to tell you, a lot of, the majority of law enforcement are great guys to try to do the job. You always have a few bad apples. Mm-hmm. And that's what people hear about oftentimes. Right. But most people want to come to work, do their job, get home safely, and try to make a difference. You know, What's so. the greatest thing you learned from that job? Uh, I, I, I think um, not to judge people based on what they look at. What you see is not always what you see. Mm-hmm. You know, So uh, you have to take a very measured approach when it comes to dealing with people. You know, and so uh, because innately, I think most people want to do the right thing, you know, and sometimes they act out because of situations completely unrelated to uh, what you might think is occurring. Right. So uh, uh, there's a talent to being a, a good law enforcement officer. And did you learn to love it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely. And you played music during this whole time? Yeah, I played music. For a while, when I was really into it and, you know, really going through the academy and things like that, I didn't do much with music at all. And then after a while, uh, I had a friend call me up and he says, uh, in fact, my current drummer, I had played with him before, Dan Henley, he says, hey, man, uh, can you help me um, do something? I said, do what? He says, can you help me uh, with a band? I'm like, a band? I'm a policeman. <laughs> so did you give up playing guitar altogether? Yeah, I hadn't played in any bands for about five, or maybe for about seven years. Wow. And so when he called me, he had, had, um, <clears throat> he had said to me, um, 
I need your help. I'm thinking my guitar is in the closet. My amp said everything has dust on it. And so uh, he called me about four times. I said, do you really think I can help you? He said, oh, yeah, I think you can help me. And that started me getting back into it. And he had a band, and he wanted me to um, come and help and with some arrangements and things like that. And so, and that's what got me back in, into playing music. So you must have been pretty good at some point that he would call you back yeah, after not yeah, playing for seven and, years. Yeah, and I was surprised. I was like, I was like well, help you do what? And he said, I, I could use your help. And I'm thinking, I haven't played this thing in a long time, other than pick it up and mess with it a little bit. And so when I got that, I said, yeah, I think you can use my help. <laughs> you know? So what was it like picking up your guitar after seven years and, and relearning? It was... Um, Did it come back to you easily or not? Um, you know, things that you know, like scales and modes, you don't really forget those, but just the motor skills, getting kind of uh, used to getting the hands going again, uh, it, you know, takes a little bit of time. Uh, and can, can you give me an idea how long it took until you felt comfortable with it? You know, I, I, I honestly, I think just literally a few days. Wow. You know, yeah, just a few days, playing it a few days and, and getting up and running. And then after a couple of weeks, uh, it felt like I never put it down. And what kind of music was this band playing? Uh, at that time, he it was something for Playboy, uh, and it was pop music. Yeah, it was pop music, Janet Jackson, some things like that. And, and that's what they wanted, pop, dance, music, and that's what we were playing. So when you say for Playboy, like the Playboy the, Mansion? Yeah, Playboy Mansion, oh. yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, he worked there, and that's how that, all that came about, you know, so. Uh, and how serious was that band at that point? Uh, we, were just a, we were just doing something because it was offered, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... Somewhere along the line, you become the manager of Buddy Guy's Legends. Yeah. Well, How does that happen? Well, um, as you know, Carly's Guy, Buddy's daughter, is in my band. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's, okay. she's the lead vocalist in the band. And so years ago, prior to me going into law enforcement, we were looking for a lead vocalist. And uh, we put the advertisement, you know, hey, we're looking for a lead vocalist. Dan Henley and myself, right. you know. And so at that time, we thought we were Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We were big guys. At least that's what we thought. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so she applied for the position. Says She says, well, I sing. I said, okay. So we did a little interview with her, and we asked her, um, well, who influences your music? And she says, oh, my father does. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> and we said, that's nice. I said, and what does your father do? She said, oh, he plays the guitar. I said, that's, that's nice. Yeah. You know, I hadn't put it together at all. I had stacks of books on Buddy Guy. <laughs> I knew her name was Guy, but none of it registered. And at this point, is blues in your life at all? No, okay, no, not no, yet. Okay. No. And so she said, "Yeah, he influences me." And I'm like, "Okay, that's that's fine, that's good." But we, you're here with us, and we're big time. <laughs> at least so we thought. Right. So, so uh, that's my guy, Danny, right there. He just came. That's Dan Henley. Come here, Danny. <laughs> That's Danny. Say hi, Dan. This is hey, Dan. everybody. What's going on? <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. What's your name, young man? This is Danny the drummer? Danny the drummer. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's almost on time. <laughs> yeah. He's the reason I got back to playing. Right. right. He's, that's the story I told you about. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. It's your fault. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's his fault. a good fault. I'll take, I'll take responsibility for that. So, she says to us, at that time, she's in the band, and we still haven't put any of this together. She's singing in the band and everything. And so she says, hey, my father is going to be 
at the Blues Fest. Mm-hmm. So Dan said, we said, okay, well, we'll, we'll go see him, we'll find whatever corner he's on, and we'll <laughs> put a few nickels in the, the guitar box, and that'll be that. So, um, <clears throat> so we go down to the Blues Fest looking for Buddy Guy. Right. But still, we still have put none of this together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get there. And we're like, wow, it's a lot of people out here. <laughs> so blues, the world of blues is like non-existent. It's, it's still non-existent. And, and even though you grew up here and there's a it's blues still festival every non-existent. year. Still okay. non-existent. So then we're, we're, we're there and they said, ladies and gentlemen, Chicago's own buddy guy. <laughs> and I look at Danny, looks at me, that's her father. <laughs> That's the moment you figured it out. That's the moment we figured it out, and we just put our heads down. And I asked her, I said, why didn't you tell us? She said, I did tell you. She said, I told you he played guitar. I told you he was influenced. I said, but you didn't say he was a buddy guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and we went down to the club, and so it's still at this point, I'm thinking blues is the, you know, lump, lump, lump. And saw Buddy play. I'm like, this is not like what I thought. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was my... Uh, I think full introduction into the blues, and I saw the different colors of the blues, and then I thought how saw how it was such an integral part of really every genre of music. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so and I'm still uh, still learning it, still learning the nuances of it. You know, and uh, uh, and I know uh, obviously hiring so many bands. I know what's good and I know what isn't good, yeah. you know. And so I try to take my personal preferences out of it and look at it in, 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 in you know, what I think about the, uh, maybe a musician's uh, capabilities, uh, how he connects with a crowd, how the people. So there are a lot of factors taken into place, you know. Okay, so uh, before we get there, somewhere along the line you become part of this. Oh, yeah, yes. right. And, and so, yeah, so what happens is, uh, so, you know, we're uh, – uh, we're playing and just to fast forward because this was meeting Carlise and Buddy was prior to me coming to the Sheriff's Department. Right, okay. And so then, that's remember, a while ago. Right, that was a while ago. And then the band stopped and then Dan got me back into the band. So fast forward, uh, uh, Carlise calls one day and, and she says, hey, uh, at this point we're not playing together at all. Right. Because we're all into our careers. She's working at a law firm, Dan's working at Playboy. And uh, I'm with law enforcement. So Dan calls and wants me to help with his band. And then subsequently, Carlise calls and says, hey, can you all help me? We had a band together. I want to open for my father. Okay, fine. And so we do that. And we got a little thing going. And then one day, uh, I'm still at the sheriff's department. And Carlise says, hey, uh, the guy that's booking down here is going to do something else. Can you do the job? I'm thinking, <laughs> and looking at the phone thinking, are you serious? <laughs> but what do you know about booking? I didn't know anything about booking. You know, at that point, I didn't know. And, and that may have been um, a blessing. That may have been something very good because I looked at this whole thing with fresh eyes. So I didn't mm-hmm. have any preconceived notions who was good, who wasn't good. Everything was completely new to me. And at this point, you're still not entrenched in the blues scene. No, I'm not entrenched in the blues scene. I know about the blues now. Right. You know, I'm aware of the blues and all that, but I'm not entrenched in the blues scene. I just, I have completely fresh eyes. So in other words, uh, I'm not, I don't have the, the thing that, oh, hire this guy because everybody knows him. Right. You know, I just, hey, this is good. This is working. Boom, he's it. 
you know. And so for for me, and I think even for this this venue, that may have been a blessing in disguise because there are people that I hired that uh, you either weren't getting hired, or they might open Mike Wheel or Corey Dennison, Jemiah Rogers. The list goes on and on. Young musicians who uh, uh, were very good, but um, overlooked. What what year are we talking about? How long have we been doing this? Eight years now. Okay, so yeah. did you? So when you got this offer, did you stop law enforcement, or was it part? No. Uh, uh, when I got the offer, uh, uh, I was ending law enforcement because I took an early retirement, and so and none of this was based on anything. I just took an early retirement and went into private security, and okay. then that's when Legends called and said, "Hey, can you help us do this?" Because my thing was, I'm going to do private security. I know about this. I'm very good at this. Explain what that entails. What private is private, secu security? private security. Private uh, security. Uh, uh, I worked in the second and third district, and so what I would do, I would hire uh, uh, peace officers, Chicago police, Cook County sheriffs, and we would do, we would police that area. You know, the buildings in that area. So off-duty oh, police. Okay. Yeah. And so it was effective because you had us walking around. We walk around soft clothes. I mean, we weren't in uniforms, and so people we had people had access to us right there, and so and and what I discovered is that the crime rates were significantly down because we we're very visible. We we're walking around, and so and the buildings were the ones that hired us. They wanted they wanted police officers, and so that was my thing. That's that's what I planned to do in retirement. That's why I took the early retirement, and so the best laid plans didn't go that way. <laughs> it, it became better. <laughs> it, it, no, it really did become better. It, it it did become better, and so and that's when they were like, "Hey, could you help us do this?" And I'm like, "What the heck?" You know. <laughs> um, what did you learn from that coming in cold and without knowing the scene and booking? Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I think the biggest thing for me is um, I don't I don't think uh, you know how you like again. I'll, I'll go back to just looking at it from a perspective of. I don't really know anyone. I don't. I'm not beholding to anyone. Right. Uh, uh, I can hear it from a perspective that other people can't. You know, if if someone says, "Hey, that's the guy to hire. He's good," and you believe what they say, right? Right. You know, in this particular case, it was like, "Hey, I'm using my ears. What's are they connecting with the crowd? How do they sound?" Uh, and so, I, for me, that was an advantage. Right. You know, and so, uh, and then so I had and I had to learn. Um, who are some of the guys that are kind of legendary? And but that was pretty easy to to do because I could look back at the book and see who was being hired, uh, you know, how many people do they draw, and sit there and listen. And I didn't change anything when I first came in. I just looked at what was done and and I just soaked in everything for the first two or three months. Okay, for you know. from somebody from outside of Chicago, I, I see Legends as a as a obviously a blues destination. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a little bit that it's it caters mainly to, I don't know if you mean to cater to tourists, but it certainly has a lot of tourists coming yes. into yes. Uh, this venue. Did you have a mission or a mandate in mind when you took over? No. Okay, no. But, but I presume supporting the Chicago blues scene or the blues musicians is quite important. Yes, yeah, now, now that was important to me. I wanted the guys here uh, to know that, that they had my support I wanted to work with them in any way I could to make them feel comfortable here, whatever they needed, uh, and how could I help them in their career. So that part of it was important. In terms of um, 
the people that would come here, uh, it just developed that way. You know, I, I looked around one day, I said, most of the people here are tourists. Right. Which I don't know if a lot of people know. I mean, I guess it makes sense. But. We we at the club, we know that. Right. Uh, I, the musicians are well, because some of them get tours out of here because somebody's from Brazil and they say, I like this band. I know somebody. I want to bring this band over to Brazil. So uh, it, it is a tourist destination. 85% of the people that come here are either tourists or from out of town. Right. You know. It's, a, it's an impressive Organization. I mean, I know that there's a lot of other blues clubs, more mm-hmm. so than most other cities, mm-hmm. but this is the home of Chicago blues. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you work? Do you work at all with other clubs like Blues on Halstead or Kingston Mines? Is that? Um, I, we really don't. And to recently, the city of Chicago wants to do something where it's working with uh, the clubs. And so there's been some of that going on uh, the last couple of years. But we know the other clubs, right. and obviously because the bands play some of the clubs. But I wouldn't say that we work hand-in-hand hand with the other clubs. We might go and visit some of the other clubs, and, and maybe that's something we should do. We just haven't done it. Well, you're probably too busy doing your thing. And, oh, yeah. And you can yeah. come any day of the week, and it's pretty well packed, Any day right? of the week, yep. That's and amazing. We, we, when we open the doors, we come with the acoustic sets. We have multiple acts um, per day. Yeah. What has surprised you about, I mean, this is a completely different career for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What has surprised you about taking on this job and, and what you've observed? Um, I, I, I think music uh, certainly brings people together, has a healing process. Um, it's, it's, it's just a, the, the job of a lifetime, and there's just no way I could, could plan for it. You know, mm-hmm. and and some sometimes you, no matter what you do, uh, things might throw you in a different direction, and you find out that's a good direction. And so, uh, it certainly um, is. I, I find it thoroughly enjoyable. You know, so there's always good surprises. You know, and one of the things I like when I see a musician uh, grow over the course of years. You know, and that that really makes me happy. To see that, and then to play a part in exposing that musician to people, mm-hmm. because everybody needs a chance, you know. And sometimes, if 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 we're entrenched in uh, what was or how it should be, we don't often give people that chance. And and Buddy believes in giving the younger musicians a chance, you know, let them get on stage and play, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, so we we've developed a good mix of some of the old guard and some of the new guys coming in, and it's just important to me that they feel comfortable here, they feel welcome here, so they can be their best selves when they get on that stage. You, so now you, your band is still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you actually get to play because of the mm-hmm. fact that you're busy managing yeah. and booking. But how much are you playing, and, and how important is that new blue it, it band? It varies, and it is important. It, it is important because I, I, I really like it. Um, uh, sometimes it's a couple times a month to a few times a month. To, uh, in February, we have a tour in New Zealand, so uh, it, it it certainly varies. Have you yeah. been there before? Never been there. So before. how does that happen? Uh, guy from New Zealand <clears throat> was playing in, in San Francisco, and uh, our super fan Dominique 
says, hey, I know a band, and you should listen to this band, and, and you should take this band on tour with you. And he listened to me and said, I love those guys. And maybe I can come to Legends, and they can come to New Zealand. And that's how all this came up. And I really didn't believe it until he started buying plane tickets and showing me tour dates. And I said, hey, I guess this is really happening, <laughs> you know. So, How has being in this position as the manager of Legends um, not influence, but how has it changed you as a musician? Um, hmm. Because you get to see a lot of different bands. I do. I do. You see good and bad. I presume. Yeah. I, I, I don't think you would watch somebody go, hey, wow, that's neat. I should try that. Yeah. But I, I wonder if you have exposure to that kind of music all the time. Um, it, I, I certainly get a chance to see the many different colors of the blues. And, uh, and, and quite frankly, everybody that usually... Uh, everybody we hire on that stage is 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 very good mm-hmm. you know every now and then we get something that isn't and i can have 400 great acts they'll remember the one bad one <laughs> so, so uh but for me i get to watch bands every night and i can see how you could put together a very good show mm-hmm. and there's different components that make a show very good you know and so uh and sometimes the bands will ask me hey how do you think I can help my show? And I'll tell them, you know, and, and to keep in mind, it's still subjective, right. but I'm basing on many factors, you know, the response of the crowd, response of the staff, and those type of things, so I can have some input that will make them a little bit better. You know, for me, um, it, um, you know, I, I can't say enough. I just can't. You know? I can't even imagine how popular you must be. So let's say, let's say I'm not a musician, but let's say I'm a competent or decent guitar player playing right. in a blues band. Right. And my dream is to play at Legends. Right. Um, what are the chances of me sending you a CD? Like, how do you book people? How does that happen? Is it uh, mainly through agents? Uh, sometimes there's agencies that call. Sometimes there's individuals that call. And what, what I usually, I, I, I really like to see YouTube clips. Right. I don't want something Okay, too- so what are you looking for in the clips? Are you looking for... Live performances, basically? Live performances, okay. right. Because Do you that, care if it's one camera? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. I just want a live performance. I don't want anything glossed over, you know. And so uh, and having a couple songs on there helps. And it, does the music fit the venue? Right. You know, so those are all factors. Um, a live performance. Okay, if the band know. is playing in a small club versus... Mm-hmm. A festival stage mm-hmm. would that influence you no, at all? Okay. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It, what matters to me is uh, can this fit our venue? You know, whether they're playing. You know, sometimes people can play in a large environment, and it might not even be the music that you need. Right. You know, so um, the the size of the venue doesn't matter. And how far in advance are you booking? Generally speaking, uh, two to three months in advance. For some of the touring bands, they might say, hey, is there any way I can get a gig six months from now I'm putting a tour together? If I know the band, they have a history, yeah, right. you know, we'll, we'll do that just to, to make it work for them. Okay, so the other thing that's really cool about this venue is every so often when I come here, mm-hmm. Buddy Guy is sitting there at the bar. Yes, yes. Um, and sometimes he gets up on stage yes. with the musicians. Yes, Is Is that just up to how he feels? <laughs> How does that happen? Mostly, but we try to encourage him. <laughs> okay, but, but I know a few musicians who, who played here, and Buddy Guy just got up and played with them. Yeah. And that yeah. is, you know, ultimately the most amazing thing that 
yeah. happens to these some of these yeah. musicians. Yeah, Buddy says, let me go and help you guys. I'm going to go up and do something. I will ask Buddy, hey, Buddy, you going to go up tonight? He's like, well, since you asked me. <laughs> and he'll say, and so we'll ask him, uh, well, what key do you want the band to play the song in? And he might say C or A or G, depending on how he feels. Right. Or he might just, just get up on the stage and come in with a song that they're they're doing already. Um, it's a neat thing. And it's, you know, it is. whenever it really he's is. here, it's a neat thing. It really but is. But when he gets up on stage, it's it even is. neater. And people just love it. Yeah. They just love it. And yeah. he's, like, well, coming up to January. This will probably be on air in January. But when Buddy does his residency, mm-hmm. he does, like, three, three nights a week. He does 16 shows. In January. 16 shows in January. And usually sold out completely. Sold out, yeah. That must yeah. be good. It is good. It's crazy. And, you know, so many people, they plan their vacations around this. They, uh, it, We get returning people. We got guys that say, I've been coming here 20 years. So we get to know the people, you know, and so uh, and we just try to make them have a good time. Yeah, I don't know if the club or Buddy gets that recognition that I think he deserves, mm-hmm. not only as a great musician, but also... I think he gets that recognition, but mm-hmm. as the role he plays by having this club yeah. and featuring all the great blues music. Yeah, no, it's vitally important. There's no question. It's, it's nothing like uh, a buddy guy residency. Mm-hmm. You know, reconnecting with old friends, seeing people come back. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's done any place. You know, and then the the the, uh, the the stars that come through that drop in. Uh, it is if you have not done it, you should. Mm-hmm. You know, you absolutely should. And to see a band like that in a smaller environment, you hear all the nuances of the music, where maybe in something very large, maybe you don't you don't get all that, you know. And so, uh, uh, you know, once again, we're here. Uh, and this is an idea that he came up with, you know. And so uh, people don't realize that the pure genius of Buddy Guy, you know. So, so I wonder when that, when he comes here, I wonder if more Chicago people come and see him as opposed to we just have a mix yeah. we actually that's interesting because what we notice is is at that point there's more of a mix mm-hmm. you know uh, it, you know it's something and buddy selected january his his reasoning for selecting january it was the slowest month in the year mm-hmm. <laughs> well here's the irony of it it's the busiest month <laughs> in the year now <laughs> yeah do you love what you do absolutely absolutely I, I, I got to tell you, I, I'm so blessed to do this. Absolutely. Yes. This this is Carly's guy. <gasps> Boy, God, I think I am. It's like everybody you mentioned comes through here. Yeah, this is this is my lead <laughs> vocalist. Hi, Carly's. Hi. Nice this to meet the, you. This is the one who said her father played the guitar, but neglected to say he was a buddy guy. <laughs> No, that's not true. <laughs> he didn't ask. He didn't hear. He didn't ask. No, he didn't ask. He said, who is your musical friend? I said, well, I was raised around music. My dad plays the guitar. That's it. You know, I said, my dad he plays the guitar. They didn't say, well, who is your dad or what's your dad's name? And at the time, I didn't know any better to call his name because all I knew was my dad played a guitar. She sends us to the Blues Fest. Right. And we're looking a corner for her dad. I said, he's playing on the Blues Fest. I said, you guys should go check him out. Let me know what you think. Listen, I said, in the park. In the park. He goes, okay. And so it was so hot that day, I decided not to go. And But they went. And so... The next day, they called me. It was like, yeah, we went out to the park. I said, oh, did you see my dad? And they was like, um, 
no, but yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, you didn't tell us it was Buddy Guy. I was like, uh, yeah, I did. He goes, no, you didn't. I said, you asked me who was my influence. I said, my dad, and he was playing in the park. Now, if you just met me and I said, my name is Carly's Guy. Well, you would think most people <laughs> would, would figure most it out. Most people would say, oh, wow. So this one goes home and goes, Every magazine I got, he's in it. You know, he's on the cover of this, he's on the cover of that. And he goes, well, you didn't tell us it was Buddy Guy. So you didn't ask me what was his name. You, you see, I'm telling this a true story. Yes, it was do. very true. And my dad cracked up when he heard it because Danny, the drummer who just left, he goes, we're walking and we're walking and the, and the park was packed at the time. You know, Blues Fest was really popular. People were coming from all over for the whole yeah. weekend. And he said, when by the time they got to the Petrillo show, right. It was so many people, they ended up walking along the drive by the river boats, by the boats in the lake. And um, they, he said, the guy was like, all right, Chicago, are you ready? <laughs> and he said, there was this huge roar of people standing up and dancing in the grass. And they said, like, put your hands together for Chicago, throw what he got. And they turned around and looked at just said, he didn't say what we think he did. <laughs> and then Danny goes, he said, we tell the people, hey, we know his daughter. She said, well, they go, yeah, all right, what are you doing way back to Really, she just she just joined our band. Like, you're like, you're right, guy. <laughs> you're like, you're right, guy. That's why you're backing with us, and you need binoculars to see. You know, it was funny. It was funny. And they still hired you. And they still right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Carry on. I presume he plays a big role in running this club. Say it again. Does, does Buddy play a big role in this club, or does he leave? Oh it yeah, up here? yeah, yeah. But but he doesn't micromanage. <clears throat> he just says, "This is the direction I want," and then you all run with it. Yeah, then Buddy, uh, that's the amazing thing about it. He doesn't, hey, I hired you to do the job. I'm not getting into that. You know, I, I was standing by him one day, and the musician came up and said, hey, Buddy, you know, I'd like to get hired. Why you don't hire me? He said, well, talk to him. He said, I know too many musicians. That's why I got him for. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, he's, he's, um, he's great to work for because he doesn't do that, you know, uh, and if he wants you to do something, he'll ask. He, he he never, you know, comes in and say, do this or do that. He'll say, hey, can you do this? You know, and so uh, he's very open to suggestions. And, uh, you know, for a guy that <clears throat> uh, is being able to do so much, he's just so humble. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, um, it's just it's amazing to watch him get on stage. You know, I remember seeing him in Norway. He came up and hit one note at the very beginning and then looked out at the crowd and it was yeah. just like froze the place. Like yeah, it was, he has it, man. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I, I need to wrap this up, but can you just tell me about the new blue band and and what it is? Like, tell me um, your music, because it's obviously blues, but not right. just blues. No, not just blues. Uh, we do a mixture of blues, Motown. Uh, we are fortunately enough. We we kind of fuse all this stuff together. Right. And and generally speaking, when you come to see us play you're going to see all of it and the people get up and dance so we get very involved uh with the crowd meaning that uh, they get up and move we get them dancing you know and um and we give them a variety of stuff from from buddy guy to bb king to earth wind and fire you know uh, a variety of music you know and you mostly blues based of course right. but you're going to get it all you know and so, uh, uh, even though we don't work a lot as much as, and some, and, and by actually some of that is on us. We like to only work certain places, mm-hmm. 
And so uh, some things we don't like to do, uh, would we like to do more? Yeah, but we, we're selective as to where we go. You know, and the band is comprised of... Uh, <clears throat> two people uh, who've walked in here. Two people who've walked in here, yeah. How about that? Yeah. yeah. How ironic. What's the rest of the band? Well, the rest of the band, uh, we've been using a, a, a young man by the name of David Holloway on keyboards, who's an extraordinary keyboardist. He's a, um, he's a music teacher. And um, uh, we use, uh, actually we use uh, a lot of times Mike uh, Wheeler's bass player, Larry Williams. Mm. And and we use Orlando Wright, Buddy's bass player. Wow. Yeah. And so uh, we've been blessed with just great, great bass players, you know. And so uh, uh, what can you say, you know. And so uh, we try to play as often as we can and we'll be... Uh, next year we'll have a, a, a CD out, and we'll keep traveling. We'll, we'll be in New Zealand. Uh, we'll probably go to Australia, Brazil, and maybe Europe. So next year will be, we'll really push the CD and push our music out there. Wow. And, and, and for people who want to check it out, is it New Blue, N-U-B-L-U? Yeah, yeah, N-U-B-L-U. Just go to the website, the New Blue Band, N-U-B-L-U.com, and you'll see our shows listed. You'll see where we'll be. Okay, my final question to you. You have a unique perspective on the blues mm -hmm. running this club. Mm -hmm. What is the state of the blues today? I think it's very healthy, but I think it still needs to, um, to grow, uh, continue to get the young people involved, because we got young people involved. We yeah. have people like uh, Kingfish, Jemiah Rogers, uh, uh, Quinn Sullivan, you know, people who are uh, attracted to the blues. And so it's, it's in a healthy state. Now, is it on um, some of the major networks, like some of the other music? No, it isn't, but there's, it's still there. You know, and people, and, and one of the things that people tell me, is if you don't know what to play, if, you know, if you're not sure what the crowd will like, play the blues. You know, right. and so uh, it's, it's, it's here, it's gonna be here, it's gonna continue to grow, but it has to do like everything else, it has to evolve, right. you know, and so, and um, as, as long as it's doing that, it's, it's not going anywhere. Well, Mark, you have been a very big help to me every time I come to the city and when I need a place to do mm -hmm. interviews, and you've been very kind to me, and I wanna thank you for that, you for all your support, and for what you do in the city and what you do for the fans. So thank you so much for Thank doing you so this. much. And I didn't know I would be interviewed today. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for doing this. <laughs>